This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. And now, from the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Mind Your Business with the Wharton Small Business Development Center. Knowledge, advice, and insight into starting, building, and managing a small business. Here are your hosts, Lauren Feldman and Celeste Corrado. Welcome to Mind Your Business here on SiriusXM's Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. I'm Lauren Feldman. I'm the Senior Editor of Entrepreneurship at Forbes. And I'm here with my co-host, Celeste Corrado, Director of the Wharton Small Business Development Center. Welcome back, Celeste. Why, thank you, Warren. How are you? I'm great. We've missed you. It's been a little while. It has been. You were uh, you were off uh, wandering uh, wandering the earth, boating in the Caribbean. Am I right? Yeah, nice warm weather, and then we're back to actually came <laughs> back to a snowstorm. So yeah, rude awakening. Must have been hard to come back. It uh, was, but I bet it was fun while it lasted. It did. Eleven days, and you can easily get into that sort of Caribbean mode. Where exactly were you? So it was British Virgin Islands. And, and so, how did they look after uh, all they've been through? Well, it was pretty badly damaged. You don't hear too much about it, but damaged, but they're doing well. They're pulling together. They're rebuilding. And we were we felt very welcome there, which was nice. That must have been great. Yeah. We'll be taking your calls today, as usual, throughout the show. If you have any questions about your business or if there's something you've been struggling with, call us at one eight four four wharton that's 844-942-7866. We're doing open calls today. Any topic about your business, especially if it involves the tools you use to run and build the business, we're here. If you're struggling with something, someone else listening to this show is probably struggling with it too. In other words, there are no stupid questions. And again, that's one 942 7866 Celeste, as usual, we've got someone here to help us answer those questions. Back with us today is our frequent guest and friend, Gene Marks, owner of a consulting firm, The Marks Group, that specializes in helping business owners with their technology needs. Welcome back, Gene. Thank you. I was yeah, not Jean. in the Caribbean. Like you, <laughs> we we all wanted yeah. to be in the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> I was. We, we were in Florida last week. It took a few days. But boy, I don't know about you, Celeste, but I go out in the sun for like an hour and I get fried. Mm, so yes. I spent most there, of my there time. There are ways to prevent that. You yeah, know? Well, I spent most of my time under an umbrella. So it's just, uh, but no, it's uh, not very happy at all to be back in Philadelphia with the weather. You know, but you're happy to be here. Yes, of I course. Know. We love being here. <laughs> I was all looking forward yeah, to this. Yeah, we, we were yeah. looking forward to seeing Very you, Gene. Very happy to be here. Very happy to be here. <laughs> Philadelphia, the weather is not, not, not so great. So today, Gene, we thought we'd focus on a topic that uh, comes up here a lot, uh, the tools you can use to start and test and build a business. It seems to me that it's, it's something that's not fully appreciated. Um, there's just so many things you can do now to start or test a business without actually quitting your day job, without investing a ton of money. Uh, you know, from social media to crowdfunding to hiring, there there are all kinds of apps and tools and things. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think it's ever been like this. You know, the 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 barriers to entry are are lower than ever before. Is that one hundred percent? Yeah, I mean, you. It really is amazing when you think about running a business today in two thousand eighteen. Um, how easy it is to start one up, um, even doing it on your own or, or you know, having something out of us or freelancing. Um, there are some of the, the freelancing sites like Upwork, for example, has like something like 14 or 15 million people on it that do contract work. Um, you can start up a business. Contract work for 
Other, anything, anything for anything for yeah. anything. So, do, do you see companies using that? Do people come to you? Use yeah, there's actually they they keep cropping up these these new sort of aggregated you know places to get work. So temporary work, right? And it's just and it's temporary. It's funny. Like in my company, like I have I have a you know a dozen contractors, and um, these are people that have no desire to be employees of mine. Um, nothing, <laughs> nothing against yeah, you. Nothing right? against me. Uh, well, well, maybe it is, but no, they um, they like being independent. I mean, they they have the freedom and the flexibility to do stuff on their own. A couple of them have full time jobs, but they give me ten hours a week, couple hours, you know, here and there um, outside of their jobs. It's just really easy to start up a business nowadays. Um, and what's also really interesting is that you can start up a business nowadays and actually look like an established. Mm-hmm. Big, when yes. you call my company, guys, you get like my <laughs> phone and it's you know, welcome to the Marks Group. You know, press one. For sales and two for service. It's like, meanwhile, it's like it's just a bunch of dopes. I like, got, yeah, 10 of us. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a big company. I hope they're not right? listening. <laughs> but it just makes me laugh that it is, um, we can do all these professional things. We really give that, you know, that, that kind of look and feel and perception. Fake it till you make it. We can fake it till we make it. It's exactly right. No, I, I, I agree with you there, Gene. Mm-hmm. You know, the center, our center too, does leverages some of those tools, and we're constantly trying to, you know, test out new ones. Um, of course, then there's me who's enamored with the basics, like mm-hmm. even being able to use Skype and Hangout for free and, you know, some of the telecon, you know, services too, all free. That to me is amazing. It is. It is. You know, it's funny also how the attitude of entrepreneurship has changed. Like I, we're, we're starting like a project for, we're, I'm launching like a new website to do certain things, another topic for another day. And I was talking to um, this web developer in Chicago and he works out of his home and he's got like three developers that he comes contracts work too and they work wherever they are and you know and and he's explaining all this to me and i'm like it's fine dude it's cool as long as we get it done you know and we're you know you're my main guy i mean there whereas i I guess like 20 30 years ago that would have been just inconceivable to have like a sort of a setup like that i just think our our, the culture has changed When, when you hear people working from home or having little businesses that's just so common nowadays how did you find the person in chicago it was a referral from somebody and that's always the best way to find any service providers by getting a referral. So, you know, we have a person that was doing marketing for us and uh, who was also a referral. And uh, this was somebody that she had worked with. And he'd been working with us now for about a year on our existing website. So had a chance to test him out. But he is, um, you know, it's now, the, the only, you know, the issues with a lot of small businesses, they go after larger projects. And then, of course, whether or not they can do them or not is another story. Uh, you sure you're going to get this gut done? And then, you know, and then also whether you're a small business and they give you quotes or estimates, you know, the guy says, oh, Gene, it's going to be about 200 hours. I mean, what if it's 400 hours? You know, I mean, you, you do, you know, you have those concerns about small, small companies. But I guess the point that I'm making now is that if you want to start a business, it is, it, it's just not unusual to have a, uh, to, to work out of your home or to be, you know, a freelancer. It's just it's common stuff. So can you give us an example of a, a cool app or tool or something that people are using these days to get off the ground? Yeah. So uh, you know, people talk to me, and, and I guess if you're listening to this show, I'm, I'm interested to hear if, if, if you agree with this as well. We, you, know, you talk about starting up a business and sort of the apps and the tools that people should use um, just to, to get themselves going. You know? So you know, everybody needs a phone system. Everybody should have some type of an office type of system as well. So let me talk about that first. I mean, we have a virtual company. We don't have offices, so we have a hosted phone system. And there, we use a company called Virtual PBX. Um, there are some other great ones out there. Ring Central is a great one. Grasshopper is another one. 
and these are like applications. If you're a business, you, you need to have a communication system set up. That's like one of the first things you want to do. So this virtual PBX pulls together all of your disparate employees yep. where, wherever they are, just as if they were all working in the yep, same office. Yeah, all their hosted phone systems, what they do. And by the way, there's a bunch Is out there. Is that reasonable? It cost? Uh, it's 10 bucks a month per Whoa. phone line. So that sounds pretty reasonable, doesn't yes, it? Yeah. It does. And when you, again, when you call in, it's all very official. You know, again, welcome to the March group. You know, press one for sales. And, two, and there's a dial by name directory. And then it can either forward it directly. They sell phones as well. So you can actually have a phone in your office so it comes directly to your phone. Or it just can be you know, um, transferred over to your cell phone. So if you, know, if you call me, Lauren, and you choose by extension, your call, if I have it set up, can, it just goes right to my cell phone. Um, or it goes to voicemail. Or it goes to my cell phone's voicemail. You have a whole bunch of different options. But you get that set up. It's super cheap. And well, that's it, like the first step you take when you're setting like, a way for customers to contact you, right? I, I was just going to say how smart is that because that to me is really important, the image that the customer has when they call in. And I think we get some small businesses that forget that, you know, there, there are tools like this out there and to pay the $10 a month because yep. – it it does it makes a big difference besides you know going into somebody's personal voicemail or whatever. Agreed, um, agreed. Yeah. And by the way, if you if you want to assign a receptionist or somebody to answer the phones, you can do that too. So any calls that come into your company, we have a toll free number. So again, those are that was like sort of the first thing. Um, setting up a website so simple to do nowadays. For I mean, for goodness sake, there. You know, there was back in the day, you would have to hire a developer to build a website for you. And now there are so many companies. I mean, from the web hosting companies like GoDaddy uh, to Wix, you know, dot com. Wix is great. Fantastic, right? Within a few minutes, you can have something like up a website and running. up and running. I mean, yes, it's, it's crazy. It's designed really well for um, people that are just getting started with a business. Wix is W-I-X. And um, you know, were throwing out names. Is that a, an are... e-commerce business or any kind of business? Actually, uh, is no. it more, more about marketing? Yeah, or... it's more, first of all, every business should have a website. And, and you know, we always read the data and I was like 50% of small businesses don't have websites or some crazy number. We should, we should all have a website. Um, and Wix is what it is. It's just, it's a very quick way with a bunch of templates for getting your website set up. And it is a, uh, it looks professional, you know, it's hosted, very inexpensive um, to do it. And you don't need to hire a web developer to do it. So if you're starting up a business, you know, the phone system so your customers can call you. And then of course a website so people can find you online. There's like the first two things you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, that's, it's like peanuts. Right, I mean the yeah. phone system cheap and Wix is. I mean, like really for like next to nothing. Suddenly you've got you've got a business. You know whether or not you're selling anything. That's another that's another story. If well, you've got a thought about tools that you've used or would like to use to start your business, please give us a call. Tell us uh, what's worked for you. We're at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. No, I, w- I was just going to say, even going again back to the basics, like even, you know, the so you're talking about everything that you really need to make sure that you look professional and, and, and it's really inexpensive. The other thing, too, is just, just your tools, you know, right. the working tools, like, you know, if you don't even have to buy software anymore. You right. Know? You rent it. Yeah, you rent, you rent it. it. So let's talk about that. So when you talk <laughs> about tools, there are um, every business needs like an office system. Because, you know, you're going to be hopefully doing quotes or sending out contracts, I hope, or, uh, you know, doing the analysis on spreadsheets of all your future riches or whatever. You need an office system. So you need to get that set up. And like, you're right, you don't have to buy that anymore. You rent it. So most of us know who the leaders are. You know, there's Microsoft and there's Google, you know, Google Apps as well. Box is another excellent, you know, Mm -hmm. office-based system. These are, you you know, they're right sort of out of the box and ready to go. 
uh, you know, when people ask me and they're starting up a business what they should get, and I don't know if you're going to yell at me or not, but I, we're, listen, my company's a Microsoft partner, so let me first of all say that, <laughs> okay, that is a disclaimer. disclaimer. <laughs> but I was I was just as much complaining about Microsoft publicly in Forbes years ago, you know, about them as as anybody else. Um, but Microsoft is a different Microsoft today, um, and they are they're a software based company as opposed to they're not a Windows based company where they make applications for all devices. And I see in the market uh, Microsoft Office really pulling away from its competitors. So they're they're just funneling hundreds of millions of dollars into the development of it. And it is um you know it is the they add new applications and new features to it. It's so cheap it's like fifteen bucks a month. We will not yell at you, Gene. Um, <laughs> but if any of our listeners want to, yeah. if yeah. they disagree, oh, yeah. if so they have a like different Google. opinion, yeah. uh, they can call us yeah. at 844-942-7866. Yeah, what what is it that Microsoft is, does uh, so well? What, what, what really have they changed? Good, it's a really good question. Okay, first of all, there's a lot of users of Microsoft that are out there already. So it, it, t- it takes away some headaches of integration or learning it and all of that kind of stuff. So that's that, that, that's a good start, right? I mean, any application integrates with Microsoft Office. But the, the the business edition of and by the way I'm I'm not doing a sales job for Microsoft I'm just telling you what, what what's in there now that's why we have you here okay so it's like it's like twelve bucks a month a user and besides Word and Excel that it comes with it comes with the Outlook it's the Outlook Customer Manager which is like a mini CRM so that you know as you start building up prospects and customers you have like a shared database that you can that you can have all with it it comes with what's called Microsoft Teams. And Microsoft Teams is is a communication and collaborate. And again, if you have two or three or four people in your startup, and maybe they're working from different locations, in Microsoft Teams, you can share files, share videos, uh, share scheduled items, all of that like in one place. And then it's all very searchable. And then Skype is included in it as well. Yeah, Skype's and great. <laughs> Skype's great. And everybody's using Skype not only for video calls, but for text mess, you know, instant messaging as well as just whether you're mobile or not. And by the way, it's all very mobile. You know, you know, if even if you have an iPhone, right? I mean, it's, there's the, the Office app is great. It's just, and then they add other applications. There's a calendar application called Bookings, and there's a, a re, like a search application called Delve, and they're just adding more applications all the time. How many of your clients are making full use of all the features none, of the software? None. none, and it's incredible. It's my biggest frustration um, with Office. That nobody's using, uh, making full use of Microsoft Office. They're still using it like they were with Office 97. You know, they're like doing Word docs mm-hmm. and spreadsheets, you know? Uh, but it so is- what do you suggest for somebody who's in that position? Because, you know, everybody's fighting, to, you know, just to get through their day anyway. I know. When do you have time to... That's the issue. So i tell you what I suggest. I suggest that you, you go on LinkedIn, you go to Microsoft's website, and you say, you know, we first of all, you own this application, and you're using, I don't know, ten percent of it. You know, so like, like it's crazy. It's like driving a car with, like, you know, oh, I didn't know I had an air conditioner. That's interesting. You know, maybe somebody should teach me how to use my air conditioner in the summer. So, if you have Microsoft <laughs> Office, you bring in like a, you know, cough up a few bucks. Have you know a, a, a trainer or a consultant come in and and just take a day out and say. Dude, here's all the things that you own, and here's all the things you can be doing with it, um, and here's all the things that we can help you do. Um, that I think that investment in time will will teach you a great deal. Because most times people are like, "Oh, geez, I didn't know I was able to do that with with Office." Yeah, I can send an email. Yeah, right. I can, you know, or even like Skype. They don't know how to configure it and use it, and um, there's just too many. You know, and I'm mentioning you know Excel, Outlook, of course, PowerPoint. I mean, this is there's all these applications. So I would bring somebody in 
um, to teach me how to use it. I am a believer that whether it's Microsoft or Google or Box, um, you can accomplish much of your operations as a startup in a very small business using those collaboration applications. Yeah, Google now, you know, Google Docs go in there, you know, Fantastic. Use software. They you are. Just, it's all there. And What do you guys use? Do you guys use uh, Google Apps at the SBDC or do you use Office? We... We use a bunch whole, of different stuff. Yes, See? A whole this, range. We cobble together whatever we can. Right, right. You know, we're government funded. Isn't what do you fun? want? Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Listen, just do as I say. Don't do not do as yes. I do. <laughs> there, there are some moments like that, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and really, in, in my defense as well, I mean, we're, we're still not using Microsoft Office the way that we should be. You know, there's a lot more to do. Um, so, yeah, but we're, we're, we're getting better with it. We are getting better with it. Well, the forcing function, of course, is when you've run out of the last version of these things and they're not compatible with anything anymore. Right. Well, that goes <laughs> a, that, that forces you into it. Yes. You know what I mean? And, but nowadays, obviously, you're going to be paying the monthly fees. And yeah. that keeps you up to date on all of them. So it's a very good, you know, so we talked about phone systems. We talked about getting your website set up and then having like an office. If you're starting up a business, those are sort of like the, you know, things. And by the way, if you're starting up a business, the uh, office, Google apps, there's free versions that you can use with a lot mm-hmm. of pared down yes. features that might be just completely fine for a startup. That's great. But I would choose whatever you choose. That should be the one you're going to have for the rest of your life. Because then you can grow and scale along with it is what what I think, you know. So if you're going to go, that Google, makes it scary. Go, if you if you think you're does. deciding something that has to last for uh, for decades, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I I just think that if, if you're going to go Google, stick with Google. If you're going to go Microsoft, mm-hmm. stick with Microsoft. I think That's Microsoft good advice. <laughs> I should probably I, yeah, follow that. You, you, you pick your poison and then you go with it. Um, <laughs> but I've been really, uh, I yeah, I've been I've been on the high horse about Microsoft Office. I just think it's um, I, I just think it's very different than it was a few years ago. So I'm waiting the, for, the, do you, do you guys use the Chromebooks? Because that's real interesting too. Really low cost hardware, and you just plug into you know. That's a great question. So yeah. yes, I mean a, a Chromebook is run by Google's. The operating system is actually like a like a, an Android slash Chrome operating system, and they're very cheap. They're like a couple of hundred bucks to buy. Yeah. You can buy them at Staples. There was a time where like using so this is a perfect example, Celeste. There was a time where if you had a Chromebook. A few years ago, you you really couldn't use Office on it because Microsoft was also caught up with it's got to be Windows and you got to mm-hmm. have it running locally and you know this and that. And then again, ever since Microsoft's change in management, you know Satya Nadella is the new the CEO. He's now been there for a few years. Um, now you can you know you get all the cloud based versions of Office. You can yeah. run it off of Chrome. It's great. It's great. It works <laughs> I couldn't really believe well. How, how inexpensive it Very was. Very inexpensive stuff. I was in shock. Yeah. I was like, what? Yep. <laughs> well, e- even cheaper than uh, buying Chromebooks is letting your employees use their own devices, mm-hmm. right? Also true. Which sure. is another thing that a, a startup can do to, to save money. You don't, you know, it used to be you, you had to have a you have an office, right? You had to have buy phones, you had to buy uh, equipment, right? There's no need to do any of that you now. Know, there are some special challenges when you let employees bring their own devices. Uh, what kinds of things do you well, have to think about well, if you're like doing secure, that? There are security issues, obviously, and if you know if, if employees are downloading stuff. To their own devices, or if they're accessing, uh, which of course they are, which of course they are, and then of course you know they're going to lose it, or they're you know forget it somewhere, or whatever. And there's there's a bit of a security issue there. I mean, um, for companies that, that have a bring your own device policy, the opposite of that is where they lock down their devices, and then you know they control it from some centralized location. I don't listen. If you're a startup, I, listen. There's 
you have a lot more to worry about than this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, fine. You, you're worried about money and keeping track of your overhead. You know, when I look to hire somebody, I'm like, you know, I want I need to make sure you've got a laptop. Like, I'm not buying you a laptop, you know? And I don't think that's a reasonable thing to ask. Now, most people have something um, similar to that. And then um, if they steal my company, what are they going to steal? What are we going <laughs> 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 to get value? You know, what are, what are, what are the preferences of our clients? Come you, on. you have you some intellectual property, thing, don't intellectual, you? Me? Yeah, come on. <laughs> that's like an anomaly. But, but you bring up a good point. It's, you know, there's fear all in the media about technology, but it comes down to what risk is, you know, mitigating the worst possible risk. And if the benefit far outweighs that, then you go and do this stuff. Agreed. I could, couldn't agree with you more. And it becomes more important as you get bigger and if you are you're keeping secure you know, private information of a customer. Yeah, of course. If you do have customers at whatever your size, you have to make sure you're protecting your yeah. customers. Yeah, it certainly yeah. does become important at some point. There's no doubt about that. But again, we're talking startups today. And yeah. I just, I don't know, man. You know, what you learn when you start up a business is that there's 800 things that you need to do and you just got to prioritize. And you also, learn, yes. you also learn that if you do things, you know, pretty good, it's good enough. At least in your startup. Well, and fear base is going to get you anywhere. Yeah. So <laughs> there's well, plenty especially, of that. Especially while you're still figuring out whether a concept is going to work or not. Correct. I mean. Correct. So you don't even know if there's like a future here. So you're, you're, try, you're trying to keep your costs under control. So that's important. Have you helped clients with any tools to sort of help them test the market, whether there's interest in buying or not? Is there anything you can do now? Um, you know, whether it's through social media, whether it's through crowdfunding to see if there's interest. So I've never used any tools, but I've used the Small Business Development Center at Wharton before your time um, (laughs) with, uh, I forget the name of the woman that was uh, running it uh, before you. Therese. Therese, right. And uh, so I had a few clients that did market research on their behalf. So that's, this is sort of a, it's just, there's not a technology answer for everything, Lauren, you know? So in this case, if you're- That's true. Yeah, if you're looking to start up a business and you you think that you there's a market for this business, um, you know, again, I'm giving you a plug here, but you go to the Small Business Development Center, and there's there's a bunch of them all around the country, and they're all associated with colleges and universities, and um, and you have those guys do like the legwork, right? And they're students. Oh, they do. Yeah, the primary research, which is going out and interviewing competitors, you know, and all ethically done, of course. Uh, and then we're also big advocates of that too. Just you know. You don't have to have a – when we get down to a product level, you don't have to have anything fancy. It could be just taped together and cobbled <laughs> together and just go out and try it. And, you know, I guess the fancy word of that is minimum viable product, and it really just means cobble together something to get out there and test. I No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And the best thing about the uh, Small Business Development Center's services is that they're free. <laughs> You know, so you're not hiring like uh, expensive at no market. cost, at no cost, co- right? no cost. Um, so that's good, and not only that. I mean, they're, and they're way smarter. Come on, they're smarter than Aww. most of us. I mean, let's get right. I mean, these kids are kids from Wharton that are coming out and doing this. They're like super smart kids. So, um, it's, I think it's an amazing, it's an amazing service. That's what I would choose over technology, uh, like a technology solution to do something like that. Um, the market research for for a business that's starting up is tough. And um, a lot of times we overlook it. We don't feel like we're doing enough. You know what I mean? I do hear about people using crowdfunding more and more as a way to test the market. You know, right. it's, uh, you can do it on a provisional basis. Right. Sort of if, if I produce this product, will you pay me for it? And, you know, get a sense of whether how, how strong the interest is. You can get people, you know, sometimes people pay you as a deposit. Uh, 
give us the money. We will create this product and send it to you when we have it ready. Sure. Uh, people have raised a lot of money doing that. And uh, I've even heard that there are venture capital firms, especially with consumer products now, that will decline to fund a uh, business Unless they until have they have crowdfunded right. to prove that that market actually exists. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah, and that sounds great. It's um, It really depends on the product. Um, and again, when you look at crowdfunding, I mean, crowdfunding is popular, but it's still a very small niche you know, percentage of the population. So does that crowdfunding you know, audience, is that really indicative as to whether or not there is a, you know, a larger audience for your product? But certainly is one of the things you can do. I think that's an interesting thing to do. I have that issue right now, Lauren. Like I'm trying to launch this, this new platform, like a training platform for some of the products that we do, which is online. And, uh, and I'm going to sink like some money into this that, you know, for some of the CRMs, it'll be like live online training. And um, I don't feel like I've done enough. Mar- my whole market research is looking around the Internet to see if anybody else is doing what I'm doing. And I see no. And then, then that first of all, that causes concern because one of the rules I've learned from smarter people than me is that when you start up a business, um, sometimes being the first to market is not – is not the greatest it's not thing. Always the best, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the smart, the smarter people that start up businesses, they pick them something that already exists, and they'll be like, "Well, that that stinks. I can do that much better." And they start up a business to do it better. You know, you don't have to prove that the concept w- works yeah. to begin with. Yeah. So I, you know, so that like concerns me, and then you always you're always concerned whether you're doing enough market research. And when you talk to people at larger companies that launch products and brands. I mean, they put millions and millions of dollars in a part. It's almost like a sure thing. And they eventually, of course, small businesses can't really can't really do that. It's more of a hunch. You know what? You know, piggybacking on what you said earlier, the the center has all kinds of access to databases that would be costly for a small business to access, and so. Hey, come on back. We can probably take a look at your business. I should. It's actually do. interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know. You no, know, I, I think any of the universities have access to a vast amount of, of data sources. And, you know, these students know how to access data. That's for right. sure. Right, right. And get at it quickly and get at what you need. And it would be much harder as a small business to access that. Got it. So anyway, just a thought. That's great. Okay. That's cool. You're listening to Mind Your Business. Our guest is Gene Marks. If you have a question about your business, if you're struggling with figuring out how to test something or build something, give us a call. If you have a uh, review of a product you've used, let us know uh, what you liked or what you didn't like. Um, if uh, If you've got a question and we don't know the answer, we'll say so. I can tell you right now, I don't know the answer, but my colleagues, Gene and Celeste, might. Uh, we're I'll just make it one eight four four Wharton, one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Gee, I'm curious about one thing. You know, one of the things that people have been able to do in recent years is build an entire business on Facebook. Yeah, that became a thing. Yeah. Right now, Facebook is oh, all over the news. All kinds of stuff. How does that affect? Is that something that a business owner should think about? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I'm curious to know what your thoughts on. Are, are, but I'll give you my thoughts because you're asking. Is that I, I I think it'll blow over. You know, I know, there's 70 million small business pages on um you know on Facebook. There's you know a billion plus you know daily users. What alternative? I I have so many clients that earn their livelihood from Facebook. You know, they they've invested in it. They built their sites. They've got a community. They've done whatever. They're not going anywhere. I mean, nobody's thrilled about all these privacy issues that are going on. Um, although I will have to say, sometimes I do hear from some people that are uh, they don't really care. You know, they're like, okay, oh, hey, so they shared our, my information with some political organ, whatever. You know, I mean, like what you know, let's just say I get that a lot as well. 
Um, so to yeah. answer your question, I don't I don't think that this is going to impact. Is Facebook is still a good place to go? It's 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 one of the best places to go um, if you're looking to sell your products and, and grow your business. That's why it's so popular. It it does kind of raise the issue of uh, how does it feel to be dependent on one platform True. Is, is that is that a comfortable situation to be in right uh, obviously right. if you're just starting up and you're testing it that's one thing if you're established and you've been doing it for a while is it okay so to- true so true and and when i when I, I i talk to people that are successful you know in e-commerce and selling online um they always have different channels so you're right in a startup mode yeah i think facebook is a great place to go when you're starting up assuming your audience is there if you're selling pipes uh it's not necessarily your place so Let's take a phone call. Charlie in Colorado. Welcome to Mind Your Business. Hey, how you gentlemen doing today and ladies? <laughs> <laughs> We're I'm all glad doing you remembered great. me there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What's on your mind, Charlie? So, I just wanted to let you know, so I sell a physical product. It's a, it's a little product that stops the shower curtain from clinging to you and billowing inward. But what we have done is we've been selling online and we've actually refined our product and launching a new product by using reviews that people have left. Right. So anytime somebody leaves a, a, a review, you know, a lot of times if they leave a negative review, they tell you what they want different or better. And that doesn't that doesn't bother you that people are leaving negative reviews for everybody else in the world to see? Oh, it, it, it is. I right. Mean, and we always reply to them, and you know, we always thank the person for the review. But what we do is we've lear- we learn from it. We put it in a little uh, Excel sheet of how to improve our product. How you know because you, you should always be improving your product. So Charlie, and, and so now we know what the compl- what the complainers are complaining about. That's great advice. They- Where do you primarily sell your product? Is it off your website or is it in Facebook or um, some other platform? Amazon. So- Amazon? We we sold we have a store uh, on Facebook because you know Facebook offers the uh, avail- availability to sell directly. Yes. On Facebook. Right. And we've listed the lowest prices on Facebook and have made one sale. Uh, however, we wholesale to Amazon, and we get weekly five to six thousand dollar orders. That's amazing. Do you have you considered using like eBay as well or Alibaba? Like, if you you know expanding do, those channels. We do, yeah, we do eBay and we do sell through eBay pretty good because uh, you obviously have consumers that are just eBayers. They feel that they're going to get a better deal on eBay, and we actually sell in a unique way. We set it up so that not only do we sell at a buy now price, but also make an offer hmm. with an automatic accept. Um, and an automatic deny, and we've honed it in where we know people are going to mo- make a really low ball offer. We automatically deny it, but we also know they're going to come back with a few dollars more. Then we automatically accept it, and it's a win-win because they feel that they've gotten that deal that eBay provides. So we're catering to the eBayers. Uh, at the same time, my apologies, that's my GPS. Um, uh, at the same time, uh, we we sell through other outlets. The reality is, is Amazon is, is for online, uh, and now we're looking at going offline into retail because that's where the true volume is. That's where the whales are. Hmm. It's, it's, it's still in retail. Mm-hmm. Charlie, do you have a theory as to why uh, Facebook isn't working better for you? That's a good question. Yes, that's a great question. We tried spending, you know, we tried setting a budget and we advertised, uh, and it just, it just did not work out for us and we're not sure why uh, you know we're selling to the low to middle class income individuals female we have a demographics honed down we have our psychographics uh, honed in 
And we just we just can't turn around and figure out why is it that we've listed our product $10 under Amazon pricing hmm. and we've made one sale. I think it's because um, Amazon is the, I mean, that's the place where people just go to buy go to stuff, buy. right? Yeah, you're not, think, what, you're not in that frame, you're not in that mind, mindset when you're on Facebook, it seems. Like, so that's what we that's what we've attributed it to because we regularly post on Facebook, you know, hey, great sale, hey, best price ever, and and mm -hmm. uh, you know we make more sales through House as an interior design social network mm -hmm. than we do Facebook, and we the only thing we can figure out is that Facebook is is fashion, Facebook is social, mm -hmm. and more social than fashion. Fashion is partially uh, obviously social because. You know, what I'm wearing, I'm showing you what I'm wearing. Whereas for our product, it's a bathroom product. A lot of people, their, their bathrooms are very intimate, and they don't want to photograph their bathroom, whether it's because it's not as clean as they would like to present it, or <laughs> it's just a very intimate place, and they just right. don't want their bathroom to be on social media. That um, makes sense. And, and, and so it, it's a scenario that it's just social. We've done... We, on Twitter, it's interesting because we love Twitter. We love Twitter. Do you and sell anything on Twitter? Twitter uh, well, you know, we have we have not set up a Twitter store. Right. Uh, our understanding is you have to have specifically a Shopify shop, and we have a Magento shop. Right. Because we actually connect via APIs to, to various uh, uh, other online, like Jet.com and things like that. Uh, but what, what we have done is we've set up uh, notifications so that when somebody – says, you know, shower curtain cling, shower curtain touching, shower curtain attacking, shower curtain... <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's no definitive statement to it, right? So sure. people don't call it like oil change, right? Uh, it, it's, it's one of these things that people call it various things. Some people say shower curtain. Some people call it shower liner. The lady in the studio will call it a shower liner, and she says, well, the curtain goes on the outside of the bathtub. Mm. Where us men, mm. right, we're like... What do you mean? There's a difference? <laughs> uh, That's great. Uh, and, and there is. To women, the shower curtain is the pretty one on the outside for us. For, uh, and, and the liner is the one that gets wet and goes on the inside, and that's the one that comes in and clings and touches you. So we, we've set up uh, um, uh, uh, auto notifications so that when somebody does complain, we turn around, we, we look at their profile, and then what we do is we turn around and actually respond with something that is in relation to their profile. So if, you know, if they say that they're into, I don't know, uh, 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 acting, then we'll say, well, stop acting like your shower curtain can attack you and get clingless curtain keepers. That's funny. And now you can act like a queen. That's really, right. And, that's great. And, hey, Charlie. And, 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 yes, ma'am. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just... You know, um, to take us a little off the topic a little bit, I'm really curious. So on Amazon, so you got a product that's self-descriptive, which is good. So I, I can see it being sold on Amazon. The question I've always been curious about, it recommends, it typically recommends competitor products at the same time you're searching on, say, yours. Are, have you used that data at all? And has that been helpful is when when you see competitors' information pop up, too? Uh, yes. So it's interesting. We, you know, because we've got IP behind us, and how we solved it is, is crazy unique and crazy simple. Um, and thus, we haven't had much in terms of competitors. Um, and so we do keep up with them. Uh, we have one one company that came in 
they didn't, you know, they poor quality. Unfortunately, they got a lot of negative reviews. They went out of business. We've got a new competitor that just came in that's double our price. Um, and we feel that it's just a matter of time before they go out of business because they're hand making each one as they get orders. Whereas, you know, we had, we knew we had to go in mass produce. We knew we had to go in at a specific price point. And that's something I'd recommend to a lot of people. If you're considering getting into the physical product world, really dig down into price point because it's great and wonderful if you solve problem X, but the reality is problem X has a number attributed to it. People are only so willing to pay for getting a windshield replaced, right? right? If you said it was $5,000 to get your windshield replaced, people are going to be driving around with cracked windshields. Um, and, and so, you know, figure out that price point. And, and in order to meet that price point, you know, we, we went straight to mass production. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great way uh, by learning from the reviews to constantly better your product. And then that also allows you to play on the price as you're improving it to figure is now that we've improved it, can we push that price point a little bit higher? You know, can we make a little bit more margins? Um, so that's been really interesting. Hey, Charlie, we got to take a break, but thank you so much for your phone call. It was great speaking with you. Really interesting conversation. Uh, and those of you out there, if you have a, a question or a comment about uh, the technology you use to build and run your business, please call us at one eight four four warden That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. 942 and I will be right back for more with Gene Marks and your calls. Uh, but you can call our producer, Michelle, right now. She's standing by. You're listening to Mind Your Business. I'm Lauren Feldman here with Celeste Corrado. And this is Business Radio, powered by the Warden School on Sirius XM 111. You're listening to Mind Your Business with the Wharton Small Business Development Center. Here again, Lauren Feldman and Celeste Corrado. Welcome back to Mind Your Business. I'm Lauren Feldman, Senior Editor of Entrepreneurship at Forbes. And I'm Celeste Corrado, the Director of Wharton Small Business Development Center. And our guest is Gene Marks of the Marks Group, a consulting firm that helps businesses with their technology needs. Gene writes about technology for, uh, for small businesses at Forbes.com. And we're uh, taking your calls. Our number is one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Let's take a call from uh, Kim in Wisconsin. Welcome to Mind Your Business, Kim. Hi, thank you. Sure. What's on your mind? I have a small resort rental cabin place in Northwest Wisconsin, and I do great in the summertime. People come up, families come up, but in the winter, I don't have any sales. So I've been trying to brainstorm how can I bring in revenues during the winter time, and I was hoping you might have some ideas. Interesting, uh, interesting question. Are, are there any things that uh, that you've tried that you thought might work but didn't? Well, we do have some snowmobilers and ice people who ice fish, but it's so limited, and the competition now with other people who are doing home away and Airbnb becomes pretty difficult. Interesting. Hmm. Gene, you have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I first of all, um, I can say that um, this is not a unique problem, right? I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of resorts like yours, uh, hotels like yours that, you know, they're in cold weather places or whatever, and, and they have the same thing. And, and so I guess the first thing I would do is being in 2018, and we've got 100 years of business history that's somewhat well documented. I'd love to see what some other what other resorts and hotels in your industry have done 
themselves. And so to do a little research, that might give you some ideas of stuff that works. One of the first things that comes to my to my mind is, um, uh, you know, is, is conferences as well. I mean, if there is some way to position the resort as a place for a business retreat uh, from local businesses, if there was uh, with something special to add, whether it's uh, something you can add for, uh, you, know, you know, some therapy or, you know, or cooking or something that makes it kind of like a unique and a cool place to attract companies to come for a few days to get there uh, to do training and education, all that kind of stuff. Um, that certainly is. I see that. I mean, I see that with resorts um, in cold weather places. They um, they look, you know, they look to do that. It's it's your 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 whole facility. Um, you have to view it as just a you. Know, it's got to be a revenue make. It's got to be busy all the time, right? So every building yeah. that you have, um, you have to be thinking as to what can I be doing, you know, for this specific building, um, and whether or not that you're renting it out for parties or you're renting it out for like I said, conferences or things like that, um, that you shouldn't be holding back from trying those ideas. Does that make sense? Uh, Kim, why don't you tell us a little bit about the resort. Yeah, what's unique about it, too? Um, well, it is a, it's a smaller, older resort that I've owned for quite a while, and a lot of the resorts up here have condoed out because it's so difficult to make money. Um, so, And there's always people buying up here. My resort is a little bit unique in that it's surrounded by water on a smaller lake. It's a peninsula, and it's one and a half acres. So what I ended up doing was renting out the house and the cabins together for family reunions type of um, vacation. Okay. And that's worked great, which when you're talking about doing it as a business rental, that might work really well, too, for businesses trying to position it into more of a, like you said, a learning retreat. I'd have to develop some kind of programs or something to make it a little bit more unique because there are other retreat centers up here. So Um, the privacy is really private where a lot of the lakes have developed a lot because this has water on both sides. You can't really, there's no there's no one around you. It's kind of self. uh, Sure. It sounds great. I, yeah, it does sound good. It does. I have, I have other suggestions as well is that um, if there are um, people that do leadership training, um, that do um, team building training, things like that, um, if you were to reach out to them and say, listen, you know, you know I, can, I can offer this place to you, cut, th- you know, cut rate if you want to bring in one of your groups here and run stuff. You know, mm-hmm. The fact that you're there and you're in the outside and you've got water all around you. Um, I'm sure there's like team building stuff, and I mean, this is by the way, this is not nothing I would ever do. So I, I would not be doing this. But a lot of people are into that, going outside and, and doing that kind of team building stuff. And I think that it's a uh, um, if you reach out to those individuals, you know, you, you might be able to cut a deal with them if you give them a good enough deal on the actual property. So that's another another thing to think about. Kim, have you tried uh, marketing to uh, the people who come in the summer and trying to convince them that if they really want to have fun, they should come back in the mm-hmm. winter? I do, and and I think that's a challenge up here for even the the restaurants and bars and different things. There's just not a lot of activity. People tend not to come out in the winter, unfortunately. Um, So I I keep thinking there should be a movie with some really cool winter, (laughs) northwest Wisconsin winter uh, events going on in the movie, but... uh, I think the movie was Fargo. (laughs) I I have, you know, sort of an out-of-the-box thought, you know, there what are some of the the unique points in the current region? You mentioned ice fishing and 
is there anything? Because that's unique to us. You know, we're in the Philadelphia area, and you know, nobody does ice fishing there's, here. There's probably cheese somewhere in the story, right? Yeah, there's, there's got to be cheese. cheese right? And then I, I'm going to just throw out one more thing, and then I, I would love to hear your response to it, Kim. But just recently, I saw, I think it was a lake out by you that um, had the same challenge that actually the whole town had challenge. It was dying. They turned the lake into like um, a kite, uh, an, a big event for kites mm. because it's, you know, frozen deep and it became this huge kite flying event and people come from all over there. So I just wondered if there's a way to utilize what you've got there in a different way or capitalize on the threads that are unique. You may not think they're re- unique to your region, but I can tell you mm. it would be unique to us. And there's always the those that want to look for a destination location. So what do you think? Yeah, I think what you guys are kind of pointing to is maybe partnering with more people in the area and trying to make it a bigger draw by bringing other people in. I know Hayward, Wisconsin, which is about an hour and a half from my place, they have the um, Birkenbiker cross-country skiing, Mm -hmm. and they started out small, and it's become a huge regional, um, well, even international uh, event now. So, yeah, I think I need to make some more partnerships and network a little bit more. Yep. In small That's business, a great idea. I think sometimes you kind of just focus on getting your work done and getting income, but you forget that there's a, a lot of other people working on that same issue or problem. Find somebody with an audience or a community and say, come here and do whatever you're doing with your community here, and we can work out a deal together. And that might be that might be the really thing. To that sounds like great advice to me, Kim. Thank you very much for your phone call and and good luck uh, with your resort. Um, please uh, give us a call back and let us know how you do. We'd love to hear uh, if you uh, figure something out. Let's uh, let's take another phone call. Tom in Maine, welcome to Mind Your Business. Yes, how you doing, guys? Can you hear me? We can. Uh, we're doing great. What's on your mind? Super. Well, actually, I have a uh, response for Kim. I was listening to her final Excellent. comments uh, right before I gave you guys uh, my question. But uh, so first for Kim, I would tell you go to website the letter D as in Delta hyphen co dot us. That's our small company. I'm the owner, and I actually do leadership training for corporate executives. Uh-huh. That's great. We're using a uh, yeah, <laughs> we're using a ranch. In Water Valley, Wyoming right now, but I'm always looking to partner with resorts where we can run our executive training curriculum. And when you go to that website, a video will start uh, of our corporate leadership program, and we'd love to partner with with Kim. And so, excellent. I just want to provide a solution to one of your challenges. I hope Kim's still listening. Yep, I hope so. So my question to you guys is, Of course, I'm a small business. I employ 25 veterans, and we do tactical training and leadership training for law enforcement, military, and corporate America. I'm actually driving home from Boston after speaking with a bank and on leadership. Hmm. And my question to you guys is, we're looking, I'm looking to, the guys that I have in our company, they're geographically separated all over the United States, and I'm looking for a collaboration tool a software collaboration tool similar to SharePoint. Uh, And I know there's Office 365 and G Suite for Google, but before I go too far down that road, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Can I ask you? This is right up your alley. It is. uh, So, Tom, what do you want to use it for? 
I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> and that's, I think that's what's driving this because I don't want the tail to wag the dog. So I'm trying to really define the requirements. I would tell you we use Google Calendar okay. for long-range planning. We use email strongly. And I think what I'm looking to do out of the get out of the tool is to be able to bring guys together in a voice over internet pro protocol where we can talk about either have company meetings. So I do use GoToMeeting for video teleconference, but, and I know we're using three or four individual tools. So I guess I'm looking for that collaborative suite Got that it. can provide, you know, text chat, uh, work together on projects, certainly a data storage for projects and video teleconferencing. This, uh, it, it does get back to uh, what I was ranting about earlier. Um, I mean, look, Google will provide those kinds of tools. Um, I, I think you should look strongly at Office 365 uh, because it not only has all the storage with Microsoft OneDrive, but it also has, you know, the business apps and it's got Skype, which you can have, you know, meetings with, with you know, multiple people via video or just by phone and use it as an instant messaging system. And it's all completely mobile. Um, so it's all that collaborative thing together. What I would tell you to do, though, is, uh, again, I think it's like 12 bucks a month a user. It's the business edition of Office 365, Tom. But just take, I don't know, another 1000 bucks and hire, like, a local Microsoft consultant or expert to really teach you what it does so you can disqualify all the things you don't want to use, don't let it get in your way, and just focus on those things like you just mentioned that you want to be really excellent at. And I think if you really use Office 365 the right way, it'll do all of that for you. Also, Macintosh operating system compatible? 100%, because this is a, it's a cloud-based world now. So whatever devices that you guys have, Microsoft doesn't care anymore. And that's a great question, because a few years ago, they really did care. But that's, that's what's right. changed at Microsoft. So by all means, iPad, uh, MacBooks, Macintosh device, any Apple device, you're good to go. Does that help, all Tom? Right, super. I'll give it a try. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for your phone call. Appreciate it. Take care. If you have a question about your business, please give us a call quickly. We're at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. A um, couple of good calls there. Yeah, I told you. You bring like a leadership group there. There's a <laughs> lot of these Kim guys bring out us there. Right on point I there. <laughs> tell you, there's a yeah. lot of guys out there that, yeah, guys, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, they, they, um, they're looking for spaces and they'll cut you. They bring the audience in and then, so they do what they do. And then you, Kim, we're talking about the hotelier. She does what she does excellent, which is providing a great property for them to do their thing. And um, hopefully they can work something out. I think your idea about thinking locally was a good suggestion mm. for Kim. I had a friend who ran a restaurant in a kind of a, a, a warm weather resort area and in the cold months tried to focus on the locals with a slightly cheaper menu, get them to come out. Um, That's a great idea. You know, I should have yeah. suggested like a, like even some pop-up businesses in her in her hotel during the winter for the winter only, like if restaurants wanted to give it a shot. Um, but okay, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's quickly talk about a couple of things in the news lately that you've been writing about, Gene. You wrote about ship shutting down, which I thought yeah. was really interesting. Um, did, did what do you think happened there? It seemed like such a good idea. It did. Tell us so, what it was. So, uh, ship is a sharing service for um, for shipping products, right? So, if you're like a small business and you want to send out a product, it's ship. It's S H Y P. Um, you know, you you shared spaces to where the deliveries were going to be received as well. They were where they're going to be delivered to. 
Um, so it was kind of like an Airbnb for shipping is what a lot of people you know mm-hmm. called it. And it was a really, I thought, a really good concept. And they could not... Um, they could not bring it to its market potential. I think they just got squeezed out by UPS and um, and, and FedEx and some of the other uh, big shippers. I was disappointed to see that because I did think that they were going to be um, – it was a great concept. Do you think it was as simple as that? They just couldn't co- compete in the – I don't know the people know. behind the scenes, so I can't tell you. And by the way, it's such a great question, Lauren, because – there's the public news, and then you never know what's going on behind closed doors. So it's a it's a very relevant that that is a question that a journalist asks. You also wrote uh, there's a new iPad out that mm. you think uh, businesses should pay attention to. Why? It's just much cheaper what they're selling it for. I mean, it's like around four hundred bucks is what they're what they're doing, and even mm. less. And it's um, um you know it's there's versions of that iPad that it comes with you know a very strong chip, great graphics with it. And let's face it, I mean, most of us are using our iPads. You know, we're, we're using it for uh, to view videos or to use it for basic productivity work or whatever. Um, I think this version of it is going to be um, it's going to be a big hit for them because they finally hit a price point. I think that'll be very attractive to a lot of people. Gene Marks, as always, thank Love you it. so much for joining us. Love it. I'm going to Wisconsin, guys. So we'll see. You, uh, <laughs> I know. We'll see how Kim's Have going. a great trip. Say hi to Kim. No problem. Have some cheese. If yes. you want to keep up with Gene, you can check out the marksgroup.net or follow him on Twitter at Gene Marks. That's G E N E Marks M A R K S. You can also find him at Forbes.com/smallbusiness, covering technology for small business owners. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, but we're here live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, thanks to our audio engineer, Dion Simpkins, producer, Michelle Stucker. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at Al Feldman or check out Forbes.com slash small business. Celeste, what should people do to find uh, the Wharton Small Business Development Just Center? Just Google Wharton SBDC and I'm right there. Cool. <laughs> and uh, you guys are busy and uh, is, is it, can they, can someone get in the door or uh, you, uh, yep. do you have a line? No, we, we have a backlog, but no, not a problem. We take all calls. Um, so we'd That's love great. to talk with you. Until next time, I'm Lauren Feldman. I'm Celeste Carrado. And this has been Mind Your Business on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. Thanks for listening, everybody. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.